I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Y'all better grab your extra large popcorn. We are in the thick of things with great films. I am open and positive. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Let's throw okay. on these boxer gloves. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we do a deep dive on a new release that's just hit theaters or streaming. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And this week's film is Past Lives, another one of our featured films that are big Academy Award contenders. It's nominated for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay at this year's Oscars. And that's a pretty auspicious start for writer-director Celine Song, considering this is her feature film debut. Next week's episode won't be quite so highbrow, so make sure you tune in for that. <laughs> Past Lives stars Greta Lee, Tao Yu, and John Magaro, and weaves a story of love and loss that spans over two decades. It follows the intertwined fates of Na Young, now known as Nora Moon, and Hei Sung. As kids, their first love was cut short when Nora's family abruptly immigrated from Seoul to Toronto. Twelve years later, she's a writer in New York when Hei Sung finds her on social media And through Skype calls across the world, the affection of their youth blossoms into a profound connection, only to be severed once again by the distance between them and the direction of their lives. Another 12 years passes, and now Nora is married to Arthur. Haesung decides to visit New York and reaches out to connect. The reunion brings to the surface a spark that refuses to be extinguished, despite the complexities of their current relationships and the weight of unresolved emotions. As we follow Nora and Haesung through the years, we witness the poignant dance of their lives, marked by missed opportunities, unspoken regrets, and the relentless pull of what might have been. This film asks the question, how can we reconcile the potential of our past lives with the reality of our present, and can we ever know the reverberating impact of the decisions we make today on the life of our future? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First impression, Helen. Yeah, uh, so I watched this on Prime, and I was already primed to know that there would be ads. I cannot. I lost my ever-loving shitting mind when that happened. What? Excuse me? I am actually kind of glad that you experienced that first and told me, because I feel like if I had just, I would have been like, I would have been as mad as you were. But I was prepared for it. But I, yeah, so basically, if you watch this on Prime, there's two ads before the movie starts that you can't fast forward through, which is fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then there's an ad, like, 30 minutes into the movie, Mm -hmm. just plopped right in there. That's, it's really, it's actually deplorable. This is an unforgivable disaster and breach of, like, the movie-going experience. Mm -hmm. I, if they start doing this, I will immediately pull my subscription. Well, because it's not a free, it's a subscription. You're paying yeah. for the subscription. I know, like, if you have Roku or if you use Tubi, mm-hmm. then there's ads because it's free. Like, anyone mm-hmm. can watch it. So it's very strange that there's ads on subscription services that you're paying for. But it's not even that. It's the fact that it came in in the middle of the movie. Like, that's yeah. actually an assault (laughs) it is give it to us at the beginning then sure fine irritating but like you're just gonna pull us out of the movie like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what the infuriating oh anyway so that was kind of my first impression (laughs) oh no (laughs) um, of of the movie but uh i also was aware that this is a pretty affecting movie like sinclair i knew that it had made you cry and I had heard it from other people. So I was also a little bit nervous because I was just like, what am I getting myself into? Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I loved how this movie opened. I'll maybe let you guys t- touch on that in your first impressions. But um, yeah, that was mine. <laughs> uh, Edison, what's your what was your first impression? Well, yeah, so you're right. This film does open in a really unique way. Mm-hmm. We we see these three people sitting at a bar. They're our main actors. Mm-hmm. But the shot is actually from across the bar. And mm-hmm. there's this voiceover of a man and a woman talking to one another. What do you think the relationship is to one another? <laughs> He asks, and then they try and guess. Mm, the Asian girl and the Asian guy are a couple, and the white guy is their American friend. And now nah, they're not even talking to the white guy, and whatever. And as it's happening, the shot like slowly zooms in on and focuses on Greta Lee's face, and mm-hmm. her expression is definitely one of like complex emotions. Then she looks right at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and then it cuts to a shot of Seoul and says, "24 years earlier." And mm-hmm. I loved this opening. Yeah. Because we do this shit all the time. Totally. Every time we're out for at a restaurant, out for Drake's, we're like, what is their story? Yeah. Or working in restaurants for years. How many oh, times yeah. do we... Like, so it's just such a fun game and it's so relatable. And I also don't really know that I've seen this before, like opening a film. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just so original and, and cool. A great mm-hmm. way to start it. Yeah. What did you think, Sinclair? It's funny that you said, you know, this is something we do all the time. I think in the service industry, yes. But <laughs> I, when I watched this, I honestly thought to myself, do we people watch anymore? I actually feel like we don't. Oh, God, Not, I do. N- well, I don't know. I feel like when you have the chance to people watch, you can look at your phone. Or mm. people are so in their own bubble of conversation a lot of the times. I think it's more rare now Mm. i definitely think in the service industry for sure Mm -hmm. you think Mm -hmm. about the people that you're serving but when you're out are you paying attention as much to the other people around you i feel Mm. like i don't people watch as much anymore okay Mm. well when i get up to toronto in in a couple months we will definitely go out and people watch we'll do actually do this exercise that would be yeah yes yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I really liked this opening as well because, you know, we're kind of like the couple that's talking. We don't really, I mean, we have an idea because we've seen, you know, the trailer for this and we know about the story. But, but really, we're looking at these characters for the first time and we actually don't know what's transpired up until this point. So mm-hmm. we're kind of in the same boat as the couple that's trying to figure it out. Uh, also, it's, you know, two Korean characters and, and one white character. So it's interesting to hear what these two people are thinking their relationships are to each other and how those factors come into play. I really do love a story that ends where it starts and starts where it ends. Mm-hmm. I, I like a full circle. And, you yeah. know, obviously we'll get into that. But I thought it was a really interesting way to start the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't we jump right into storytelling? Mm-hmm. Well, as you mentioned, this is Celine Song's first feature. I was not familiar with her prior to this movie. No. Um, so I did a bit of a deep dive on her today, and she is so cool. This movie does seem to be quite autobiographical. Mm. Um, she did immigrate to Canada when she was 12 from South Korea and grew up in Markham. And then she actually went to Queens and studied psychology and then went to Columbia to get an MFA in playwriting. Columbia in New York. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Columbia University. (laughs) And she is married to a fellow writer. His name is Justin Karitskas. He actually wrote the screenplay for Challengers. 
Oh, Ooh. cool. And wrote, is writing the screenplay for Queer, the other Luca Guadagnino wow. piece. Wow. Yeah. Okay, power couple. I know, right? So she had a play called Endlings that opened at the New York Theater Workshop right before COVID hit. And I think it had like two performances and then it closed. And after that happened, the some of the people, a part of New York Theater Workshop, gave out like essentially like grants to some artists to like create something during COVID that people could participate in or they they basically just told everyone to get creative and make something mm. um and Celine this is like when I read this I got so excited she created the seagull a production of the seagull but on the sims oh the computer game the sims so she like mm-hmm. orchestrated her sims to like behave in a way that would follow the narrative of the play the seagull and then put it on twitch and allowed people to like watch the play play out on the sims okay that's really cool which i just thought was so cool super creative yeah yeah very creative and like those are kind of her most notable works and then she wrote past lives so i don't know she just seems like a very very cool creator and especially you know after watching this movie I am so excited to see what else she makes because I really loved the perspective of this film. Well, mm-hmm. I did also, I saw an interview with her where she, to add to your bit about it being autobiographical, mm-hmm. she did say explicitly about like she had a reunion with her mm-hmm. childhood crush at the bar in the East Village with mm-hmm. her husband. And she had this really interesting quote where she said, while sitting there translating between these two men, I actually felt like beyond translating between two languages and two cultures, I also was translating between two parts of my own self. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very clear creative genesis for this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this does kind of hop back and forth in in time, but not in a way that's jarring mm-hmm. or, or confusing at all. But it does start when they're, children when they're 12 years old and they're living in Seoul and they're best friends and it just kind of reminds you of your childhood friends and I don't know if you had a childhood friend of the opposite sex um, but I did and it's just like a fun innocent friendship Mm -hmm. and I thought it was really authentic watching watching them as 12 year olds and I like their their little competitiveness mm. that's yeah. going on because you're just discovering what what you're good at you're playing different yeah. sports you're trying different subjects and so there is this like male female competitiveness that that happens as you're you know figuring yourself out and it's upsetting when they have to leave each other I don't know if you ever had a friend have to move away but it mm-hmm. is really traumatizing as a child mm-hmm. and there's a beautiful shot in this film where they're saying goodbye and they actually do go to separate paths. Yeah. There is this division that. and you know, they're literally and metaphorically going their their separate ways and she mm-hmm. kind of goes up the stairs and he goes down the the alleyway. And it's mm-hmm. just like really, really beautifully shot and yeah. a great way to lead us into them as young adults. Yeah. Well, and I also just thought that whole kind of so much of that chunk of time when they were 12 years old was was fascinating. Having the just learning a little bit more about the difference in sort of cultures and mm. like I lived in Korea for a year, mm. but I was and I taught English there and I was I 
it was nice to just be to like see Korea uh, in that way. But the idea that the mothers would like get together to take their 12 year olds out on like a play date, like yeah. that was that was a kind of rom- like, you know, intentionally kind of romantic. Yeah. Was just really interesting. But also it just made me think like the stories of their entire lives were decided then with the mother's mm-hmm. permission to take them out on that date that day and sort of almost formally acknowledge what they may have known what Mm -hmm. could be and you know the mother saying we're leaving but I wanted her to leave with good memories and Mm -hmm. it's like but what about what Sung is being left Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. and also the process of them having to move and Mm -hmm. the scene of them changing their name and having to to decide what their English name is going to be and it's interesting too because as a as a child like I don't think kids fully even understand they're like oh I get to pick another name Mm. but they don't necessarily understand that it is a loss of their cultural identity you know they're not realizing it in in that moment and it's an experience that I've never had to go through so you know watching it you're like wow that's really wild Mm -hmm. that you know that they're picking a different name and yeah it just feels like such a loss of your self and your identity yeah. Well, I think something that this film did really, really well is it kind of there's this theme of the story of being an immigrant mm-hmm. and, you know, moving to a different country, especially as a young person, when you're still in these like pivotal early years of forming your identity and developing interests and hobbies and ideologies and growing as humans and and how even though you may feel this like huge pull and nostalgia and connection to your home where you came from mm-hmm. now you're a person of two worlds though and you can never mm-hmm. really go back and bridge that divide it's that saying like we always say that you can you, you can go back home but you can never like return mm-hmm. you know and there's that one bit when in the film when Nora is talking to Arthur and uh, this is after Sung has come to New York and she says, ah, oh, he's just so Korean. When I'm <laughs> yeah. with him, I feel so not Korean and yet also so Korean. Right. And I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, the mom even says too, like when they're about to move, she says like when you lose something, you also gain something. Mm. So mm. it isn't just a film about loss. It's just, a, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's about change and your life mm-hmm. running a different course than you expected it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how did like comprehend those changes Mm -hmm. um i thought that this movie i loved the examination just of you know how we perceive ourselves with other people and the i like respect that it gave to relationships Mm -hmm. like i felt like this this story actually transcended romance like i have been seeing reviews that are like a romance film and I'm like it's not though it's bigger than that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's about like the connections that you make with people in your life romantic or otherwise that are meaningful to you Mm -hmm. and that and how you carry that with you and how that informs the person that you are for the rest of your life like I this movie was so beautiful (laughs) I agree it's so true it's like the and also not only does it inform inform like they they all provide little pieces but they're still with you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so as you go through your life you know we're the same person in any given moment but 
you must know yourselves and have had experiences where you suddenly find yourself back in your high school or mm-hmm. around people who you were friends with years ago, even if they were your the closest person in the world to at that point. Yeah. And it like unlocks this this person or this element of like who you used to be, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be really powerful and it stir this affectionate connection like we see in this film. And sometimes mm-hmm. it can be triggering in a, in a negative way or whatever, right? But this film is speaking to that like the the way that we yeah we contain multitudes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all impacted by those around us and how it just continues to we carry all of that with us yeah yeah Yeah, this is definitely like real world romance yeah and the thing i appreciated about this movie so much is like yeah you can call it you could call it a, a a romantic movie but the thing that is making this film feel different is that it's showing that love can be logical mm-hmm. and this is like a logical love story yeah. in a lot of ways because movies have like made people get very swept up into right. the idea of love and the passion of love and the love story running mm-hmm. into somebody's arms the kiss the you know we forget that love can be logical Mm-hmm. And that you can be level-headed about love. You know, you can still make good decisions when you're in love. Nora has something very good with Arthur, mm-hmm. even though she does have this connection with Sung. But the idea of Sung, it might not live up to what she needs in her life now at this time. Yeah. It almost certainly you know? wouldn't. Yeah. And I no. love that the film challenges that because mm-hmm. it's such a weird feeling because you watch Mm -hmm. this film and there's a part of you that can't help but root for her Mm -hmm. and Haesung to get together even though you also are like no that's actually not the right call yeah like Mm -hmm. and it's such a fascinating adult examination of this yeah and I, I really loved that about this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's that moment where Arthur, there's sort of that meta conversation where he says, like, I can't compete with this story. Mm-hmm. Your childhood loves, mm-hmm. like, I should be the villain in this story. And I love that the movie, yeah. like, examined it that way because that's what you're thinking, right? A conventional romantic film, would that would be how it plays out. And I love that that's not the way that it went be, mm-hmm. because that isn't, real that isn't Mm -hmm. realistic maybe sometimes that's how it goes but more than often than not you stay in the situation that you're in and you kind of you just reflect right you reflect Mm -hmm. on the what ifs or whatever but you Mm -hmm. stay because what if there's no villain sometimes people are with good people and if they weren't with that good person they could be with another good person yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you know or and it could work or it, it it couldn't I think you know, you want Arthur to be a villain. Like, Sung has that, that really mm-hmm. good line where he says, I didn't know it would hurt me so much to, like, mm-hmm. like you. I didn't know that yeah. you being a great guy would hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? We want to, like, vilify that other person. But he's so attuned to her. Like, even in that same scene, too, when Arthur, when they're in bed and he's he says, like, he's telling her how she dreams in Korean and she's mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know I did that. You didn't mm-hmm. tell me that. They've been together for however many years now. And he's, he says, there's this whole, it's like, it reminds me that there's this whole place inside of you where I can't go. Mm-hmm. And again, that kind of speaks to what we were saying earlier about how, you know, we're made up of our, a composite of all of the different people that we've known and experiences, but also everybody else knows us in a different way too. Yeah. The mm-hmm. way that Hey Sung knows her 
knows Nora is like this foundational way that's totally different than the way that Arthur does. And they'll never know her in the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. And no one will ever know you the way you know you mm-hmm. as well. Like mm-hmm. he, Arthur doesn't know her Korean upbringing side and Hey Sung doesn't know her current life and she's the only one that knows it all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I think that we do get caught up in the possibilities in life. I really liked mm. the existential elements of this film, mm-hmm. uh, the concept of Inyan. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. goes over this in the film, but just to touch on that again, so it feels fresh and we can discuss it. Basically, it's a Korean Buddhist concept and it's the connection, fate, or destiny of two people. And it is also connected with the idea of reincarnation. And it's this idea of being connected in past lives uh, and also future lives Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you are walking down the street and your clothes brush somebody as you're walking by then there was probably a connection between the two of you in in a past life and I actually thought of this the other day because I was walking down Queen Street and I (laughs) tripped and (laughs) I almost fell and I grabbed this guy next to me like I grabbed him to stay upright right and then i just like didn't look and i like quickly walked away <laughs> and i was just like oh my god was it Indian? like <laughs> sorry guy that i accosted in the street i apologize <laughs> but then i was like oh maybe i was married to him in a past life i don't know um oh, I love either way i didn't even look i just kept walking you um, didn't say anything i i kind of said sorry and like scrambled okay. away because i was so embarrassed <laughs> but yeah yeah it is this idea that you know in one life maybe we were married to somebody and maybe it aligned in that way but then in a next life the timing doesn't work out Mm. and we're married to somebody else but they're still in our life Mm -hmm. somehow it's like it's the sliding doors of it all right yeah yeah it's like how you just take one little turn and everything could have been totally different and there is always a pain in the what if, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you just don't know. You can't deal with yeah. that because you are right now. But and I that's feel like what, what was right in one life, it might not be the right choice in the next life, right? Totally. But I feel like the concept of Inyan almost makes the what if uh, palatable or something because you're yeah. like, all right, mm-hmm. we're not together now, but like, Maybe we were, maybe we will be. And like, it doesn't mean that I'm missing out or you're missing out. It just means that it's not right now. This isn't our time. And that's kind of where they get to at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that that is actually such a romantic idea, but it's being presented to us in a story that's so grounded in the life that's being lived in this moment, in Mm -hmm. this time, right? And I think that that's what makes this movie so devastating like we were talking about is this movie devastating well no not really but it is in a bittersweet way it's not devastating Mm -hmm. in a tragic way um or the way that we think devastation is going to be presented to us on screen it's because this rings so true to real life and we are affected by things like time and career and geography and circumstances and that's what's bittersweet yeah it's like we can't possibly 
live every possibility mm-hmm. in one life before we die. And I think that's mm-hmm. what really affects you when you watch this film. Mm-hmm. Nail on the head. A hundred percent. That mm-hmm. is that is the bit that's the most devastating. I think it's the most universal, at least for me, when I was watching it. I I, I remember when I was younger, my my like it's why I wanted to be an actor originally was because mm-hmm. I just wanted to live mm-hmm. all of the different lives. Aww, and I was like, yeah. if you're an actor, then you can at least kind of live all the different lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like that there's only, we only have the one and we're only on one path at any one time. And that yeah. is, it is a really devastating in some ways kind of thing to come to terms with mm-hmm. truly. And this film had such respect for its audience, like to give, to just open up all of these questions Mm -hmm. for us. And it was a very, um, I don't know, intimately like relatable film. Yeah. But, and also just so much respect to adult relationships, trying to navigate all of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is like you're watching an adult relationship, like two yeah. people that love each other and that have married each other and have committed to each other and are dealing with these, you know, with with past things, with doors that have not been closed. Like mm-hmm. these are things that couples kind of have to go through. Maybe not mm-hmm. this exact situation, but you you why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking how we should have done a double feature with this and anyone but you. <laughs> Oh my oh, god, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nora comes home and says to Arthur, you were right. Like, he did come here for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's moments where he's saying, or, do you find him attractive? And she says, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he is attractive. Mm-hmm. Are you attracted to him? I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, she's being completely honest yeah. this whole time. It's the most adult conversation I loved, like, I ever loved on it. screen. <laughs> and I love, too, how Arthur is... You can tell that he's jealous and a bit afraid, but mm-hmm. he's also accepting that this is just what, what happens in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what like, is just he going to he, do? Yeah. And he mm-hmm. says, he's like, I'm not going to tell you. You can't go see mm-hmm. your friend that yeah. you haven't seen in so it's long. It's like you either are going to honor your marriage and our relationship or, or you're not. Like, what's he going to yeah. do about it? Yeah. But right? it takes so much emotional intelligence yeah. and resilience yeah. to to say, okay, this has happened. Now, the only way through is through. Through, mm-hmm. like, yeah. But I, I love how he was so so openly vulnerable like mm-hmm. in the most pointed way when he when he said to her like you make my world so much bigger and yeah. i'm wondering if i do the same for you that's mm-hmm. such a gut punch of a question yeah i don't know if she could answer it she said you do i love you i chose you but does he i don't know but it mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't matter to i her. don't think it matters i think yeah. that it's like feelings and questions that we have and yes. I think the most important thing is being able to have the conversation and be open and honest and be mm-hmm. in a partnership where you feel safe to do that. Mm-hmm. And I love that this movie showed us that because you because, you know, most of the time it's like something that's very dramatic or tumultuous, yeah. right, mm-hmm. which can be entertaining. But this, like you said, Sinclair, this is just like a really adult relationship. Mm hmm. Multiple relationships. 
we've actually all, I've noticed so far in this discussion, referenced direct quotes from the film mm-hmm. way more than we do typically yeah. and have done They're in other They're super discussions. memorable. Yeah. They're yeah. really memorable and it's really, really well written. But yeah. I also thought that something that was noticeable about this film was how much goes unsaid. Yeah. Actually. Mm-hmm. And even them as kids walking together when their paths diverge, like they, there's like a full 45 seconds or a minute shot of them walking down. They don't say a word to each other and mm-hmm. they may not even as they start to go their other way. And finally it's like, Hey, bye. Yeah. And then obviously the final scene, like when she goes to say goodbye to him while he's waiting for his uh-huh. Uber and they just stand facing each other. Mm-hmm. And you're no like, words are, are necessary. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. that was so fucking powerful, and, and it's not she- even a close up; like it's a wide yeah. shot. Yeah, and so much of this movie is shot in in because it's always and, like- showing the space between them. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of shots where it just shows the space between them. Mm-hmm. Like even when they're mm-hmm. sitting side by side uh, in front of the carousel, when they walk up to each other, when they meet each other for the first time, you know, when they're on Skype, there's always something that is. There's a space in the middle of them, mm-hmm. always. And yet they're inexorably drawn to one another. There's a yeah. force that Yeah, can't but you be see the closeness too at the same time, like a lot of the time in the unspoken yeah. looks that they first give movie. Each other. I know. It's I actually know. incredible. Uh, yeah. Why don't we get I into know. performances? I feel like yeah. we kind of already are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all three of these leads, like the fact that we're able to decipher what we are deciphering from their behavior when there isn't any words. That's a testament to the acting and to the direction, obviously, and the material. When Sung is standing, waiting for her to see her for the first time, like, I could have just bawled my eyes out. Like, he looked like a little boy. I know. Mm-hmm. He, it was so brilliant. He literally looked like a little boy again. Mm-hmm. Because he never closed that chapter of his life, yeah. you know? And I think that when you see someone from your childhood, it brings you back to the person you were from when you were with them, (laughs) you know? It's like you never fully change from that. It brings you right back. Yeah. Yeah. She's our lead. She's the one who we're really seeing it all through. Yeah. Right? And she is remarkable in this, Greta Lee. Yeah. I, I mean... Love her on the morning show. She's a totally different character. <laughs> oh She's hilarious Very, this on that. This is such a better role for her than yeah. the morning show. This is show. so much of a better role. This is... Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Tao Yu, who plays Sung, like, he had a challenging line to walk in this film. Mm-hmm. as Because uh, you want to portray that character as a real person, but you want him to... He's got to be vulnerable and awkward, but also charming and, mm-hmm. like... Charismatic and, and sexy, and, and fish, fish out of water, out of water too. and not yeah. overbearing, and not like it's a lot of different qualities yeah. to kind of blend together. I thought because he he's did like gone really to well. her home court, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, like he's trying to and make moves really in like English. her home court, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I was watching an interview with him where he spoke about um, observing the actor who played him as a child and how that actor held his elbows really close to his body. And so he he decided to do that as the adult version of mm. um, of Haesung and was mm-hmm. kind of walking just with his arms really close in. And like all of that behavior, it does portray this, you know, that that is part of why we see him as a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's all coming mm-hmm. through in those mannerisms. And oh, it's just yeah. Mm-hmm. The performances in this movie are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Magaro. Really yeah. great. 
First as, Cow. As Remember him in First Cow? First Cow. We chatted yeah. about First yeah. Cow. He's kind of an indie go- darling. Yeah. Like he, he works a lot with Kelly Reichardt. Uh, yeah. He's in showing up as well, too. He has a smaller part, but it's he makes an impact. Even with a small mm. part, he makes an impact. He is a very mm. interesting actor for him to have to sit through that restaurant scene where yep she's trying to include him in the conversation then doesn't anymore it's just the Mm -hmm. two of them and he doesn't know what's being said and he has to sit there with without saying anything feeling like she could leave me after this dinner Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. could be it and I can't interject because I don't know what they're saying you know, yeah. I can't be a part of this. Like, it's such a heartbreaking scene, and he's kind of just waiting to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And he, but he's not angry. He's you know, not angry. something <laughs> something that I loved the masculinity that's shown in this movie is so beautiful. It's mm-hmm. not toxic masculinity. No one, Mm-mm. they're not trying to be macho. They're not trying to be alpha. Like, they respect each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her. And and mm-hmm. her, yeah. And I saw an interview with him as well where he was saying that um, he wanted to leave during that scene. Like, he kept saying to Celine, like, I feel like he should get up and go to the bathroom. And she's like, no, you are sitting through this entire thing. You're mm. sitting in that awkwardness. Mm. And it's so effective. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. see, again, her direction, just so yeah. cool. And even just other random, random choices. Like, when, you know, the first time that we see her in New York in bed or with him mm-hmm. and he's like sp- kind of sprawled across yeah, her yeah. his leg is all up on her in, yeah. a, in like a weird clingy mm-hmm. like, like a kid almost kid like a kid <laughs> yeah. almost way and i was just like that's a really unique choice for yeah it, it, it was kind of an inversion in, in some mm. ways of like yeah the the gender norm that we would expect right. she was the one laying there being like get off me yeah. <laughs> yeah you could see it on her face or whatever right yeah well, and you but, think too like oh okay like why wouldn't he get mad or why wouldn't he get up and leave and it's like because he knows that she needs to close this door mm-hmm. too there is the possibility yeah. that she closes this door after that's this right. dinner and that's gonna be that and mm-hmm. that's what ends up happening she like cries in his arms at the end and like he just allows her to f- figure that out and you, you know, know to move there forward. for her for that too like that was just that was so beautiful and the fact that he's like he comes down he's waiting on the stoop for her yeah like mm-hmm. he knows that but it, it's not yeah. just about love either it's about yeah. she has to close this door on feeling disconnected from her culture yeah too like that's what she's reconciling with like mm-hmm. the two different worlds of that it's not just about you know who she's in love with who she ends up with that's not the main goal of this film it's it's really about her closing the kind of finding that that balance between these two things that she hasn't been able to do mm-hmm. oh the saddest line in this film the line that really got me <laughs> was when uh hey sung says We're to both her crying. I know Helen's crying um, oh, when Hey Sung says I liked you for who you are and who you are as a person who leaves but for him you're the person who stays mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just such a good line um, mm-hmm. yeah wonderful performances from all yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what about technical what, what stood out for you in that capacity well this was shot on 35 millimeter and it looks so beautiful. Like the shots of New York City are so gorgeous mm-hmm. in this. 
and the actors in that again that interview that I watched mentioned how because it was on film and you know you don't have the luxury of take after take everyone was just really focused Mm -hmm. and committed to what they were doing they weren't wasting time but the scene in the restaurant actually took two they did a full two days of just that scene Mm -hmm. or in the bar I should say yeah Um, there's a lot to that yeah Mm -hmm. I thought yeah. the Skype stuff was really good. You know, Me when, too. You, when you watch movies or television and someone's on Skype or they're on their phone and it's yeah. like. It doesn't look real. That doesn't look like you're even talking <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> yeah. It just looks so fake. Yeah. The Skype scenes in this were so good, especially the one where they f- see each other for the first time. Yeah. Since yeah. they were kids. Like, you really feel that. And, like, yeah. the really way it's that. shot, y- you you really feel like you're watching two people that are meeting, again, for the first time on, on Skype. Like, it is, mm-hmm. it's very authentic feeling. It doesn't look like one of them wasn't there and they just did mm-hmm. the shots of the one actor. And it's it's done really well. Yeah, like, even the moment of it buffering before he appears Yeah, it on has the, the technical difficulties of it, too. Yes. Yeah. And you're nervous. Like, I was yeah. nervous for them to see each other. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the the actors kept a certain distance from each other. So Arthur and Hey Sung, they weren't allowed to meet each mm-hmm. other until the day they shot. That's so wild. So there were a lot of really good directing choices. Yeah, and with, with Nora and Hey Sung, uh, Celine instructed them just not to touch each other yeah and she never yeah, wanted them to touch yeah. and like and and she commented on how like in korean culture like in in the states it's everyone's or western i suppose everybody's you know huggy touchy feely mm-hmm. and it's not like that in korea yeah like, it, you touching see is the very reservation meaningful. too between the two yeah. of them definitely and see that's why she gave us that one quick little shot of them on the subway with both of their hands on the subway railing but not not quite touching yeah. but you just feel this electricity between them ah yeah. just such an achievement okay mm-hmm. what's the last word <laughs> on past lives we'll wrap it up <laughs> sinclair yeah. Yeah, I I loved this. It's a solid five out of five for me. Same. Really Same. good. This is just one of the most solid movies of the year. It's just a yeah. solid movie. It's so good. It's such a good watch. Great. Just great storytelling. And I'm glad it's got these Oscar nominations. because It's an mm-hmm. inc- incredible film. Yeah. Helen? Yeah, I think this is one of like the sweetest presentations of the human experience that I've ever seen mm-hmm. in a movie. And I didn't mention it, so I'll say it now. There is a reference to Eternal Sunshine in this Mm -hmm. movie, which is my favorite movie. And, you know, I know that's in there for a reason because there's some similar themes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really appreciated that. I loved this movie so much. It, like, it is, it's really special. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I agree. It is a special movie. I knew that I would like it going into it because I knew that it was getting so many good reviews and whatnot. But I had no idea that it would move me so profoundly. It also was not the story that I was expecting. It was so much more complex Mm -hmm. and relatable and just, it was just special. Yeah, this was Mm -hmm. easily one of my favorite films of the year. I'm so glad that it's getting all this acclaim. You, it's very accessible. It's on Amazon Prime. As long as you don't mind the ads. Yeah. (laughs) But if, 
if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know why you'd listen to this podcast, but if you haven't, then yeah, it's pretty much you spoiled for you at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's your own fault. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And season seven episodes are on YouTube at Talk Movie to Me Podcast. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>